1: The day before Asteroid Day. Yes, it is the day before Asteroid Day.
2: That's right.
1: Do you guys have your asteroid costumes? (laughs) (laughs) And And, or Earth costumes? Yes.
2: That's great. (laughs) That's right. We were supposed to plan this. A game of Asteroid Dodgeball. Right. Right. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Yep. We
1: dropped dropped the ball.
0: I have a... um, No, I've got a whole bunch of super glue. And I'm just going to put super glue over my body and go out to like a gravel driveway and just roll around. And that's my asteroid costume.
2: That's great. And it's
1: economical, too. How
2: about some ice in case of comments? Oh, that's a great idea. There you go. We can Yeah, or at least salt. Make it look look icy. Might be uncomfortable if it was real ice.
0: We can make it super painful. And then (laughs) it, it will, you know, it's... No, I think the asteroid costume is like a hair shirt. Yes. Um... You take
2: know, us back in time, Mike. Take <inaudible> us back. <inaudible> yeah. so, so if you don't know
0: a hair shirt, as a hair shirt is what uh, people who were trying to atone for their sins used to wear, and it was completely uncomfortable, and they would wear this shirt that was completely uncomfortable, and flail themselves, beat themselves to um, make up for their sins.
2: Yeah, well, you got a lot, lot of uh, making up to do, Mike.
0: I do. So that's why <laughs> that I'm gonna. Roll, that's why I'm gonna roll around in gravel for Asteroid Day, and so <laughs> and we-
2: ice. Maybe maybe some dry ice. Maybe oh yeah. No no yeah. no no no. Do not try this at home.
0: Yes, everybody. Just I kidding. want you to roll Just around kidding. in dry ice for asteroid no. day and no. take a picture and put no. it on my Facebook. No. No.
2: No. It's, it's the asteroid day challenge. <laughs> no, it isn't. Oh, but, but, no, but no. seriously,
1: don't do that. But do do make a costume and please send us a picture because <laughs> I would I would be so delighted if anyone sent us a picture of themselves in an asteroid. Oh yeah, costume. asteroid
0: day costume would be so sweet, so sweet.
1: I mean. Show at OthersidePodcast.com Send your pictures there
0: Yep, and we will check them out We will post good asteroid costume pictures (laughs) If somebody actually makes an asteroid costume You are double awesome
2: Yeah, and you can find out more About Asteroid Day At AsteroidDay.org
0: Okay, Mm. AsteroidDay.org So it doesn't take a lot Or you can just type Asteroid Day into Google And you probably can figure it
1: out um, so that's coming up. To but aside from Asteroid Day, this you said it's a bi- big week. Well, it's a big week because it's the return of the Terminator.
0: <gasps> mm. Yeah, and I he'll be back. Lo- I love, love, double love the Terminator. And it says we've gotten a good Terminator movie. Well, I don't know if this new one's good, but we've gotten Arnold as the Terminator every decade, and this is the fourth decade. So he was. I mean, Terminator was nineteen eighty four. Terminator two. Uh, was 1991. Terminator 3 was 2003, and now we are on uh, Terminator Genesis coming out on Wednesday. Actually, the day we'll be releasing the podcast. You can go see the Terminator today and uh, see Arnold
1: and we've been waiting for this because Mike we love your impression of Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger I know you <laughs> love lots it, of it you, all you've
0: been thinking is about how can I get Mike
3: to do his own impression right <laughs> it, yeah
2: exactly. it is true because his impression's true.
3: fantastic
2: I think you should always talk like that Mike <laughs> yes.
3: really that's Hi, hey, welcome to see you on the other side
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> no so I, I'm excited about the movie I remember the first time I saw Terminator 1 was actually at Uncle Gary's house Allison
2: Oh, Yeah, That's and scary. We were,
0: yeah, we were watching it like at some party, and, like probably, probably our cousin Alan's birthday party in like 1985.
2: Well, and, these are the relatives that had cable. When yes. We lived in a, in a land of desolation where there was no cable. <laughs> it, it was sad and only network TV. Just the ugh. And I horrible.
0: and I loved time travel movies and time travel stories and the idea of you know someone coming back in time to save somebody else and then all the paradoxes and everything that came from the terminator it blew my eight-year-old mind yeah i mean it just i i just loved it and then you know seeing linda hamilton in that love scene where john connor is conceived blew my eight-year-old mind I'm Like, oh my god naked <laughs> naked ladies like i didn't know you know
2: so it was a kind of a seminal moment for you. Yeah, where, seminal
0: moment. That's a good word for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Where you, you uh, it's a coming of age story. Sure. For, for young young Mike Huberty. And it was a
0: coming of age story where mom wouldn't walk in the room and make us fast forward the video. You know, <laughs> like everything else, she'd be like, Bob, what are you watching? And he'd be like, it's just a movie. And she'd be like, fast forward that. He's an impressionable boy.
2: Yes, but, but you got away with it at Uncle Gary's house.
0: Right, because it was a family party, and Mom was drunk. No.
2: <laughs> okay, okay listeners, this is untrue. You know, uh, Judy, beat me. our mother, never, <laughs> never was drunk in her life.
0: No, of course not. No.
2: Okay, I don't, okay. has, has she ever had an alcoholic drink? Yeah, she know. had a
0: drink. One time we were at a, a restaurant, Casa De Lara, in Milwaukee, and then she had two wine coolers because they were free. And uh. um And then she started saying, "I feel red in the face and flush." Um, And then that was it. That was it. Two Bartles and James were enough for nineteen eighties Judy. Now Wendy, when's the first time you saw the Terminator?
1: I was introduced to the Terminator through um, just the second movie, Terminator Two. Okay. So I didn't see the first one. I don't. No, I don't think I saw it before. But I, you know was aware of the concept and everything and then it was just like my family went to the movies and I think my dad and brother and I went to that and then my sister and my mom went to a different movie because they weren't interested in the action movie right they weren't <laughs>
3: interested in my fantastic new film Terminator 2 Judgment Day you guys love it right but
2: <laughs> well I but it was uh yeah.
1: I think it was like the first action like sci-fi action movie that I really got into so that kind of was a a, a gateway for me, and then, ah. of course I had to go back and rent the first one, and
2: kind of a, um, a, a genre gateway for you into sci-fi. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Awesome. Well, I liked um, it. yeah, the first time I saw it was actually at a special party, which was um, given by uh, Mike Hegel, uh who you don't know Wendy, but. But uh, you know Mike, or you know Mrs. Hegel, right?
0: No, she, she no, she doesn't know Mrs. Hegel. Mrs. Hegel was our drama teacher in high school.
2: No, but I mean, you do, Mike.
0: Of course, yes, I
2: yes, do. Yes, yes. So it was a special party at the Hegel's. Um, and um, our our friend Mike Hegel actually wrote a, a poem called, like, Ode to Arnold, I think it was. Oh, that's we should see if want, he still has a copy of that.
0: That's but, right. It was Arnold and, but, Fest, right? They it was it, it,
2: Arnold Fest. He yes. had
0: Commando and Terminator. Like, yeah, I, it was I saw like the, a
2: brochure. Uh, there, no, I mean uh, like a flyer. He made a flyer for it.
0: The fly in my face. It was
2: the best fly <laughs> you ever yeah. could have
3: seen. Like, it was unbelievable. It was fantastic.
2: Yes. So I'm governor. It, it, was, so a, you, <laughs> it was a good introduction. And you watched the movie there? Yes. Or did you, or did you just okay, make okay, out gotcha. with boys? No, that came after. (laughs) Well, I thought maybe it
1: was just a poem thing. I didn't know if it was. No, no, it was like
2: a whole party around Arnold. So I don't remember the other movies. Um, If it was Commando, I wouldn't have been too into that. But anything with sci fi, Um, I really always enjoyed. I blame Dad. uh, That's true. And so that really sucked me in, even though. You know, I was out trolling for boys. Uh, (laughs) That's the main reason to go. (laughs) Out
3: looking for boys that look like me.
1: Good luck. (laughs) Right.
2: But, uh, yeah. So, it it, it really sucked me in, the movie.
1: Yeah. And we did, uh, a few years ago, Mike, you and I, and Ben, uh, Sunspot had a show, and we we typically dress up as (laughs) movie-themed characters. And one year, we did the... uh, Terminator. Terminator Tribute Show. For Halloween. Well, actually, yeah, it was just a Halloween show, but uh, each of us went as one of the respective Terminators.
0: Oh, that's, so oh my, my God, kind of that's fun. right. I, I completely forgot about that. I dressed <laughs> up as the Robert Patrick Terminator from Terminator 2. I printed out. Oh, mm-hmm. liquid
2: pi- metal, man.
0: I printed out a picture of Edward Furlong, and like <laughs> like before the show and everything, I'd like walk up to people like, do you know this boy?
2: <laughs> and uh, like I my
0: lift up the thing, and uh, Ben was the Arnold Terminator, so you know he had the hair and the sunglasses, and I, yeah. I think he brought like a fake shotgun.
1: And Wendy, you were the Terminatrix. That's right, I was. And do you know how hard it was to find that uh, maroon suit? Yes, like pant- a pants and a coat that match that are that color. It wow. Was, like, I had to go to a lot of places shopping for that. I thought for sure I'd find it at Goodwill right away, but Oh, no you suspect. guys
2: if you can find pictures, you can Oh, we got pictures. It. And when they did you got yeah. you sprayed your hair blonde that night, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was oh, yeah. good luck. I had to, had to try to match the actual character as, as much as I could anyway. Do, do
2: you still have the costume?
1: Mm, I don't think so. I still oh, have the man. police outfit. I walk around it in <laughs> Minneapolis sometimes.
2: Well, you know, you you make you, Mike, you You've got a lot of costumes.
0: That's true. I've costume a, I have a stuff. whole costume section of my closet.
2: I have all I the actually, Star Trek costumes and everything.
1: I have a costume closet. Really? Yep. That's when well, you're performing. Because I always think like, well, you know, and it comes in handy because every once in a while there'll be like a Halloween party or something that pops up like with no time to prepare. And It's like, oh, I'll just go in the costume closet.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, having a Star Trek. Uh, Next generation uniform has saved me so many like last minute costume parties and something. I just zip it up and I'm number yeah. one, baby. There you go. Well, you know, you know I'm guys, making it so all over your party. What
2: what what is so remarkable about you know the release of this this movie is that you know there's some real life developments in the world of of uh,
3: artificial AI, intelligence. artificial
2: intelligence, and like. Cyborganism. I don't know. Like cy- cyborgdom. What? Cyborg.
3: Cyborganism. It's a
1: word. Okay. It's true. James
3: Cameron told me cyborganism.
2: Well, <laughs> I believe you, Arnold.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cyborg organizations.
2: Yeah. yeah. But, but um, so. Fantastic. So in June, uh, you know, this this month that is passing a little bit too quickly for me. But uh, June twenty third was actually Alan Turing's birthday. And if you guys don't and know who Alan yeah. Turing
0: is, he is Benedict Cumberbatch.
2: Oh man, he uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, portrayed him in the Imitation Game, which um, came out in November two thousand and fourteen. If you haven't seen it, oh my gosh, it is just so un- remarkable to see uh, about how Alan Turing, uh, you know, who's better known as like the father of computer programming, you know, how he was able to. Uh, Decipher secret Nazi codes, um, you know, using computer technology, and and really that helped us win World War Two. Without that, you know, we he had like kind of a secret uh, advantage uh, that that he bestowed on a
1: secret uh, weapon. The crown,
2: yeah, that was like his secret. The secret weapon was uh, his. Um, use of computer technology but, and, and um, wasn't
0: um, I mean wasn't there an Oscar nomination for the imitation game too for oh. the frommiest bandersnatch
2: I, I I'm not sure but if if there wasn't there should be okay. it was yes. just um great historical drama and you know and just made you appreciate him and, and his contributions and the reason that I'm mentioning him is because uh, he developed the Turing test which is a test he devised to tell the difference between AI or you know a, a, a computer trying to pose as AI, and it was is his his idea, his his theorizing that that someday AI would be able to fool people into thinking it's human. And well,
0: and actually, you know, if um, so, Blade Runner, they have a whole scene in the beginning of Blade Runner oh, where yeah. it's a guy trying to tell. Uh, Brian James the character of Leon um, he's he's trying to determine if he's a human or if he's a replicant and it's called the, uh, the voigt Kampf machine a polygraph like machine but it's basically ah. the Turing test
2: Awesome. and so
0: in Blade Runner the beginning of that Uses that and it—it's uh, crazy questions like, oh, "You see a turtle on its back? Do you decide to push it?" <laughs> and then the guys eventually, the replicant just shoots the, car- you know. <laughs> so, it's, but um, Alan Turing's work is obviously an influence on the Voight comp machine and that that section of Blade Runner. And then, if you guys have seen the movie Ex Machina,
2: oh, I haven't seen it yet. Okay,
0: well, watch it because it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's a good one. And, um most of the movie Ex Machina is about a guy trying to um, see if an AI who was created uh, can pass the Turing test
2: well last June um, June 2014 the first um, computer was actually able to pass the Turing test what and, um, yeah there was oh a, god
1: Skynet is self aware that's scary
2: yeah a computer that uh, duped Uh, humans into thinking he was a 13-year-old boy and became the first machine to pass the Turing test. And uh, five machines were tested at the Royal Society in central London to see if they could fool people into thinking they were humans during text-based conversations.
0: Well, to be honest, though, 13-year-old boys say some crazy things so they could have just stuck that in there like you're a nerd and they be like yeah that guy's probably 13
2: <laughs> well um, the the uh, computer program was called U- Eugene Goosman and um, Eugene de- Goosman,
3: <laughs> I love that guy
2: <laughs> yes it was de- developed to uh, s- simulate a 13-year-old boy and it managed to convince 33% of the judges that it was human Okay, so wow. that's one yeah. in three. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. And this was at the, the <laughs> University they, of Reading in the UK.
0: But actually, the problem is they had nine judges, and three of those judges <laughs> were actually just a bunch of um, puddings.
2: So they
3: had, no,
0: like, <laughs> no, they, that, they're like, Are they human? They're like <laughs> okay. okay, fair enough.
2: Yeah, yeah but um, the cool thing, too, that connects to... Um,
0: a 13-year-old Ukrainian boy. Yes, that's even like like why is that even a thing?
2: I don't know. Like, that added some complexity onto it. Or they
0: spoke in a like a crazy Russian accent or something like that.
2: But um, involved in the testing was uh, Kevin Warwick from the University of Reading, and um, he's cool and related to Terminator because he wrote the book I, Cyborg, and he's been on, he's been on the radio show Coast to Coast. Um, oh, I don't know, so many times for, like, probably the last 10, 15 years. And um, he's the world's leading expert on cybernetics. And- Cyborganisms. Yes, yeah, cyborganism. <laughs> cyborganism. I don't know, whatever you call it. It's okay, cybernetics. He is the leading expert. Yeah. I love Kevin Warwick. Yes, Kevin Warwick's it's awesome. It's a
1: cyborganic experience.
2: Well, he, he like, uh, I love him. is known for putting, like, implants uh in himself, and he, he was able to uh, uh, do a lot of e- e- experiments like that where he um, would put in cybernetic implants, and uh, uh, it, he was able to, like, interact with the building um, where he works uh, at, at the university, and he also, like... I think he hooked himself up to his wife cybernetically, too. They both had arm implants or something like that, but anyway... Really interesting guy who's you know pushing the boundaries of what's sure. possible
0: and 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 pushing the boundaries of stalking <laughs> by putting an implant in his wife.
1: <laughs> Codependence.
0: <laughs> so, but, but so yeah. he was on the he was on the the he was working on it though for this seeing if the AI could pass the Turing test.
2: Right, and it did.
0: Well, that's exciting. That's that's yep. super cool, and also Yay. and if you, and if you like Alan Turing. Uh, this is... I mean, Alan Turing obviously had a tragic end because he was yeah. uh, oh, yeah. a homosexual in the 1950s in, in the UK and uh, that wasn't very cool with uh, then at that time with those people. And they uh, yeah. chemically castrated him.
2: Yeah. So, I, they were going to... It was still illegal in, um, I think it was 1952. It was still illegal in um, Britain to... To love someone in a homosexual way. Well, it's and, the same um, thing like happened yeah. to
0: Oscar Oscar Wilde, and you know accusations yeah. of buggery and that kind of thing.
2: Right, and uh, so he was convicted and given the option of having chemical castration rather than rather than prison. It ultimately led to his death um, by cyanide poisoning, um, and it was just days before his 42nd birthday. So, wow, He was it was 41 when he died and it's it's contested whether it was suicide or accidental but you know certainly you know being vilified the way he was after after really saving us in, in World War 2 and, and right from the nazis that's right and, the, and um
0: the father of modern computing and and right. what will eventually become artificial intelligence that will be our robot overlords uh, <laughs>
2: Had an well, ign- let's not go into that. I mean, that's ignob- not his fault.
0: <laughs> had an ignoble end. <laughs>
2: right. So that is, well, a,
0: that's a, that is a pity.
2: Well, and it's, um, in, in that case, love didn't win. So uh, it's a, a sobering lesson of, of history. But, but there was a, a campaign to um, have an official public apology. And that did happen in 2009 uh, that uh, Gordon Brown, the prime minister at that time, um publicly apologized and um Queen Elizabeth granted him a posthumous- po- pardon in two thousand thirteen
0: okay so. well that's I mean that's great yeah um, uh, he's dead
2: well that's so personally great that's that's but. just it's
0: just like that it's like when the uh Catholic Church finally apologized to Galileo
2: right five hundred uh, years
0: like, after Galileo was dead
2: a little bit late yeah You're like you know what
0: it's great that you appreciate that, but um it's great.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. So
0: anyway, Alan Turing, the Turing test that's happening. Yeah. Robots taken over all over the place. You know, yeah. The Terminator um, – so you guys remember the first – and I'm, I'm, I'm spoiling a 31-year-old film here.
2: Uh-oh.
0: Uh, so if you guys Spoilers. haven't seen The Terminator, stop listening now. Become a human. <laughs> watch The Terminator. And then come back and finish the rest of this podcast. Okay. So in the in the first movie – what happens, John, I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Reese comes from uh, the future back to 1984 to uh, protect the smoking hot Sarah Connor at the time. <laughs> uh, with You know, like with, you know, she had the, uh, her hair was just dyed a certain way. It just really was 1980s babe territory.
2: Yeah, well, she reminds me of some of the South Side people that I still see. Sure. Well, you know, and nothing, and also, outside hair. You know, it was,
0: right, feathered. I mean, her hair was very feathered in that movie. And Linda Hamilton, and obviously, um, pre nineteen nineties, and and everybody on plastic surgery. There's nothing fake about Linda. And uh, he comes back to save her because he's sent by her son from the future. To protect her from a robot killer from the future, that was also sent back to murder her. Before she would birth her son, that would send this guy back to the past to defend his mother from being killed. Um, before he birthed her son, who would send him back in the future. And anyway, it keeps going. It's so complicated. Right? It goes around yeah. and it goes around and around. And what makes it um, even more complicated is that it's an ontological paradox. You know, so the time travel is one thing. They don't even try to do any kind of science about the time travel. They're just like, okay, we're gonna. But you have to come back naked. Like that's the one rule. But- <laughs> so that's how you got to see my my body. Like when I came back to the
3: past, it
2: looks I with baby oil.
3: Right, I put baby oil all of my chest,
1: and then I went back to the past, and then I'm like, look. I'm even sexy in your future. <laughs> well, it's it's just it's so they can get through the time travel security with less hassle. <laughs>
3: right. A- absolutely. I to, right. So they I don't, don't have to get, get
1: frisked or anything. So I
3: don't but, get groped
1: by the TSA.
2: But the real question is: Can can AI really hurt us, Mike? I mean, is it here to destroy us? Could it destroy humanity as we know it? Not well. Not yet. Well, you, I don't know! I don't know. Um, also, like this year, uh, January, some scientists came out with, uh, with a stern warning about artificial intelligence.
0: Well, what did the scientists say? I mean, these are, All I mean right. obviously, uh, these are scientists, so we have to, we have
2: to well, trust them
0: because they believe in science.
2: Well, Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk, know those names? Well, we know who
0: Elon Musk
2: is. We've yeah. heard him once
0: or twice. He's the, he's going to give us the electric car for real.
2: Yeah, well, they, and the power wall. And how about Stephen Hawking? We know Stephen Hawking.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, Losing
2: businesses? there was
0: a great. My favorite Stephen Hawking uh, thing is that there was a uh, there was an Onion article from the nineteen nineties that said, "Is Stephen Hawking as smart as Mike Tyson is strong?" <laughs> And it was just this comparison, <laughs> how like Stephen Hawking would do this really smart thing and Mike Tyson would like punch through a wall. <laughs> and that's whenever I think about Stephen Hawking, I think about that Onion article from 1996. Well, oh, um, man! Stephen and I also I think about reading the brief history of time you know, 25 years ago.
2: He, he's been quoted. He was quoted in December 2014 as, as saying AI could, quote, spell the end of the human race.
0: Yeah, but he also said that about aliens.
2: Well, I just think the well, man and they still could.
0: They
1: still could.
2: Uh, aliens are also scary
0: because <laughs> he was like saying like, is any time where you know humans have met each other where one society was way more technologically advanced than the other society? How did it end? Yeah, you know, well, like he goes into that, and I just think that Stephen Hawking is trying to make headlines because he has only so many words that he can use by blinking into that thing that gives him words. He's like, I got to make this one count.
2: <laughs> well, anyway. that might be true. But um, there, there's a, uh, oh, my goodness. I, I can't, can I believe that, um, that there's, there's so many people, including Elon Musk, who, who think. Uh, who, who are think terrified of Skynet
0: becoming self-aware.
2: A- AI could, could be a real thing. I mean, it could be a real threat, is, okay. is what we're saying. So, um, you know, that's that's startling. It seems,
1: you know, it seems like we'd be foolish to discount that possibility, given how quickly technology is, you know, advancing. And
2: Well, and that's that's how quickly that the science
1: of cyber organisms are advancing like
3: so. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's what they're worried about, that the science will, you know, reach a tipping point and then it will get away from us before we know it. And then it will be too late. And um,
0: there was also a story this week. About um, AI lashing out at its human programmer.
2: Really?
1: Yeah, I know this and then just just came out. um, there's a recent like oh go ahead. Is that like when Siri gets kind of snotty with you or something like sure. that? Sure, like, okay. Siri's like like whenever you say something vulgar to Siri, she's always like, "Well, you don't have to get mad about it." I've got that. Uh, I just got an Amazon Echo recently, so I'm I'm talking to Alexa all the time now. Speaking of
3: artificial intelligence, organatics, you have it in your yeah, house. Yeah, well,
1: it does. It does like apply my it actually. It's it's got a really nice sounding voice. It sounds very, it's like the most real sounding voice that I've encountered on awesome. one of those types of things.
2: Does she have a better yeah, attitude?
1: She's got a very nice attitude. She's very neutral about things. So if you ask her about Siri, she's just very like agnostic about it. But, ah. um, but it's just funny because you hear the voice. And so right now it's pretty basic. You ask it a question, it answers, but you, you don't reply back to it afterwards, but you feel the instinct to reply back, whether it's just to say, okay, thanks. Or to be like, no, 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 not that I was, Asking about you know, it just it feels so real. It doesn't feel like you're typing in a question to Google. It just it's it's really creepy because I, I keep finding myself wanting to reply after she answers the question. <laughs> are <laughs> you like, gonna are you gonna
0: fall in love with your me. Echo like that movie She? I
1: might. Maybe. <laughs> did you guys see that movie She?
2: No. Yep. I didn't actually.
0: I thought it was awesome. You did. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I w- really.
2: What was awesome about it?
0: It just was interesting. The performances were good. Um, the moral questions that it introduced. And also the um, the difference, like, you fall in love with something fake, but that has, like, entirely more brain power than you have, than you can possibly have, because it's, it's right. got better hardware. And, you know, why is it unethical for an AI to fall in love with many people it's got the brain power for it it's got the it's got the hardware to do that and we don't oh well we do but we get in trouble for it but you know what i mean
1: like it so it's i thought it was a brilliant movie i just sidetracked. Yeah, i i won't say anything about it but um so what was the story with the the thing lashing out at its mm. the, the ai lashing out at its okay uh, so artificial
0: intelligence machine gets testy with its programmer
1: I'm um, a programmer.
0: Yeah, and, and so it's like, here's what the thing was saying. It's like, so the person says, what is moral? The machine says, what empowered humanity? What intellectual the essence is? The human says, what is immoral? The machine says, the fact you have a child. Human, what is morality? Machine, what is altruism? Human, what is the definition of altruism? Machine, if you don't believe in God, then you don't know. Human, okay. What's the definition of morality? Machine. Well, the truth is, you're not a believer in God Almighty. And it, it goes on mm. for like That's... 10 minutes, like a weirdly religious thing. Mm. And eventually, um, you know, the human says like, well, all right, you know, just um, give me some examples of moral action. Chill out,
1: man. Chill yeah, out. Yeah. And the
0: machine's like integrity. And the human goes, what is integrity? And the machine goes, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. The human says, be moral. The machine says, be a man. Human, I really like wow. our discu- I really like our discussion of morality and ethics. Machine, and how I'm not in the mood for a philosophical debate. <gasps> Human, it's what do mode. you like to talk about? Machine, nothing. So, I mean, basically, Whoa. that's uh, creepy. Yeah, so the, I mean, it tood. Yeah, the yeah. AI completely tood.
2: Yeah, um, so it's not they, just Siri that has an attitude, and. Hey, going back to Stephen Hawking, he he thinks that AI could eventually match or even surpass us in the future. Oh, absolutely. We got to watch out for that upstart. And, uh, And, oh, I mentioned Elon Musk before, but listen to this. Also, Bill Gates. Bill Gates says, I agree with Elon Musk and some others on this and don't understand why some people are not concerned. Well, I don't, know why Bill, said, I don't know why
0: Bill Gates would complain because yeah, he's been working wow. for years to make computers stupider and stupider.
2: Oh come on, now. Nah. But but a- I used but, to do tech support.
0: Give me a break. I point.
2: know, but um, but Elon Musk said that AI is the biggest existential threat to the human race. So I mean, it's getting real now, people.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, that's pretty serious. Yeah, whatever,
0: whatever egg Elon Musk lives his life in, you know. Um, if we're really worried about ai rather than people starving to death um either way the terminator is worried about ai
1: mike what is mo- what is morality mike
0: <laughs> i didn't know we were having what a philosophical debate <laughs> i'll tell you what i like to talk about nothing and
1: it, man the computer i don't like to talk <laughs>
0: Right. the computer just the computer just like shuts off like forget about it like the computer's it's, like i need
1: like a t- you know what it's a teenager Sure. AI has reached the point where it's, 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 it's the surly teenager that's like, just let me go sit in my room alone.
0: Right. It's, it's, the computer's like, we need to talk. It's like, well, what do you <laughs> need to talk about? Well, you're such a jerk. What am I a jerk about? Everything. And then you're like, oh, my God. Why am I? Can I just turn you off? Uh-oh. I'm just hitting a button. Off. See ya. I don't
1: like to talk. <laughs>
0: Okay, AI—the rise of the machines. Uh, Terminator is going to—it's re- uh, going to happen for real. Stephen Hawking told us that. So did Elon Musk and Bill Gates. Watch out!
2: Yeah, rise and the of time the travel robots. thing
1: is—the time travel thing is becoming closer of uh, a possibility too, right? With all the particle physics research and well, transporting.
0: I mean, now the time travel thing—you know—that's—that's that's where I think that the Terminator kind of gets in trouble. Uh oh, because how can you ever change the past? And and we you know we we kind of got into this before. But Kyle Reese yeah. went back to save Sarah Connor so that she could birth John Connor, who was the um, human leader against uh, Skynet and the machines. And what happens is he ends up impregnating Sarah Connor and creating John Connor, but. <laughs> How does he create John Connor in the first place? You know, how does it happen? How does John Connor get created and send him yeah, back? It's like the the continuous loop of right. And know, that's called the egg thing or whatever. Exactly. And that's called an ontological paradox. Where mm.
2: my brain just <laughs> exploded. Oh my god, it's like even ontological my, paradox
3: even with my cyber-organetics brain, it's, it can't handle all of these things at once. What are you doing to me? Can't we just go back to the gym? Um,
0: so that's that's the thing. Like, how do you become – like, if you have to go through the timeline one time to actually be created or something like that, how do you go back and do that? And, you know, that's funny that the ontological paradox has been parodied in a lot of different – Uh, science fiction I mean first I mean we don't need to even get in talked about Doctor Who and ontological paradoxes because Doctor Who and ontological paradoxes go hand in hand right (laughs) Um, I mean everything in Doctor Who happens like well how could this even happen if the doctor wasn't there well how would the doctor know about it unless it happened the first time and then you're all of a sudden your brain it's like my brain explodes and one of my favorite stories about an ontological paradox actually comes from a book that I read in your room Allison
2: oh that's no. right,
0: that's right. So and that, uh, my
2: my my literary collection.
0: It probably was from one of your college classes that, and you just didn't read the book. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a.
2: What am I getting shamed now because I didn't read it?
0: <laughs> no, i yeah, I'm book shaming you.
2: Yeah, book shaming. You. Well, you can tell me about it twenty years later.
0: That's right. So it's it's a story called uh, All You Zombies, and it was written by Robert A Heinlein. Um, in 1958, and published in a magazine called Science Fiction, uh, Fantasy and Science Fiction in 1959. And the whole idea about the thing is that all of the characters in the story are the same person. And he's a character that tra- oh, interesting. He travels through time, he impregnates himself. Uh, oh. Right, he, impregna- he has a sex change, you know, it goes through this entire thing. Oh my
2: and, gosh! Okay. Wait a
0: second. That's a movie. Right. Spoilers. It became, became
2: a movie just like that.
0: It became a movie called Predestination. Yeah. Directed by two Australian brothers called the Spear the Spearig Brothers, who are really good at special effects.
2: Yeah, that was like out just last year.
0: Right, and it's based on.
2: Spoilers. Sorry, guys.
0: All you zombies. It's the same guy. What? Well, if, you, look. Okay, we ruined it for anybody.
2: <laughs> sorry.
0: Um, But the thing is, those Spirit Brothers aren't that great. I saw their first movie, Undead. And while it had some good special effects, it wasn't that great. So they have some work to do. But as long as they're copying from Robert Heinlein, they're going in the right direction. But that's a great story, all you zombies to read, that has that kind of predestination paradox, the ontological paradox. Like, how could something Mm -hmm. happen? How could John Connor get born in
1: 1984 if... um, He's it's like it had to happen first, in order for all the other things to. That's exactly right, and
2: that's oh the problem with the
0: paradox
1: of time travel and the, ter- and, the, and the Terminator. That's the
0: whole problem. It's,
2: it's all the chicken and the egg. We reduced indeed. it down to the chicken and the egg, and
0: that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: How profound that chicken and the egg thing does. is! And we did not indeed. realize it was an ontological paradox, but it is.
0: And the th- and there here's the funny. Totally is. Here's How you like me now? There's a, there's, a, um, there's a song from the 1940s called I'm My Own Grandfather.
2: That's from the
0: 1940s? Yeah, I'm My Own Grandpa. And, that, and the first time I heard of that song was actually in That's reading weird. All You Zombies by Robert Heinlein. And so uh, the narrator marries in the song. I mean, Willie Nelson has done this song. Um, Guy Lombardo, whose most famous song is the uh, It's Later Than You Think. Um, oh yeah like that's the song they always play at you know that's the song that's my
2: favorite (laughs) no it's
0: uh enjoy yourself it's later than you think is the song they always play on New Year's Eve Guy Lombardo ah okay I'll
2: have to listen next time
0: so uh Willie Nelson recorded the song The Muppets recorded the song oh
2: The Muppets now you're talking like uh now you're in my wheelhouse now we're
0: in territory that I can yeah me (laughs) too Steve Goodman Steve Goodman recorded the song. And if you know David Allen Coe's You Don't Have to Call Me Darling. um, Mm.
2: That's another one, Wendy, right? I was just singing that in the car.
0: Steve Goodman Goodman is the guy that uh, uh, David Allen Coe is talking about when he goes, um, my good friend Steve Goodman said, this is the perfect country song. Oh, yeah. All it needs is talking about mama, jail, and trains. Okay.
2: <laughs> you don't have I don't to- even know what we're talking about
0: anymore. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song from the 1970s that uh, Steve Goodman wrote. Okay. Let's go back. So in I'm My Own Grandpa, the narrator marries an older woman. This results in the woman's daughter becoming a stepdaughter. Subsequently, the narrator's father marries the older woman's daughter. The woman's daughter, being the new wife of the narrator's father is now both his stepdaughter and his stepmother. Concurrently, the narrator's father, being his stepdaughter's husband, is also his stepson-in-law. The narrator's wife, being the mother of his stepmother, makes her both spouse and stepgrandmother. The husband of the narrator's wife would then be the narrator's stepgrandfather. Since the narrator is that person, he has managed to become his own step-step grandfather. <laughs> I I can't believe it It's like oh my god I'm my own grandpa
3: It's like oh I can't believe that just happened
0: (laughs) To a cyber organetics organism Um, So that was a popular novelty song In the 1940s And Futurama It's funny that song came out in 1947 Because uh, Futurama uses that In uh, an episode Called Roswell That ends well where Roswell. the main character from Futurama goes back in time. And Bender.
2: And
0: and Bender, if you, you know you guys don't know who Bender is, he's the robot that always says, bite my shiny metal ass. Um, he lands in Roswell, New Mexico, and he's the spaceship that ends up being the, nice. know, the alien oh, spaceship. Awesome. nice. And then Fry accidentally Fry's the main character, he accidentally kills his grandfather.
2: So but, is this an ontological paradox,
0: Mike? Yes, because we he kills his own grandfather. Circle. And because he kills his own grandfather and he's still around, someone has to become his grandfather. So That's then, right, yeah. So then Fry goes and gets it on with his grandmother.
2: Oh, come on.
0: Hey, give the guy a
3: break. That's nasty. He's got yeah. to stay, stay. He has to stay alive no matter what. That's uh. how I felt when I did The Housekeeper. Um. anyway
2: oh this has been like a workout I'm just you know right, mind blown your head is blown I, so, I feel disturbed so the thing it's is Futurama is little bit dirty. ontological paradox need to take a shower after this
0: just like it
2: can't get clean can't get clean
0: so finishing up how could time travel happen in real life is there, anything, is there any way that we actually could get time travel to happen in real life?
2: I hope like, that's rhetorical.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's, that's the idea. Um, how would it be possible? And scientists right now do not think that you can just build a machine and send somebody back in time. You would have to go through a wormhole to actually Ooh. go back in time. Going forward in time... You could um use relativity and for you know, for anybody that wants to know about relativity, the idea is the closer you get to the speed of light, the slower time goes for you
2: yeah, that's how you can come back young and everybody Be old. everybody you knew is dead
0: there's a great um if you guys have ever oh that's
2: um that's some um, what was that movie Matthew McC- Matthew McConaughey was in it, wasn't he?
0: Interstellar, You're, baby. Yeah,
2: Interstellar. Your, your boyfriend, um, Matthew McConaughey, Mike. I just think Matthew McConaughey's great. <laughs> starting <laughs> with True Detective, he really turned it around. Okay. I just can't stand those commercials. He does.
0: I, I just admire the man for the amount of uh, body fat he's able to lose.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> That's, That's That's true. He does you know, look like a stick figure sometimes. Yeah, the brother's
0: been working out. Um,. But the thing is, so inter- I mean, a lo- I- uh, relativity is, the closer you get to the speed of light, the slower time goes. So um, if you ever read any of the sequels to Ender's game, relativity is a big deal. And that's how the lead character Ender ends up living for like 3,700 years, is through relativity. That's how a lot of Interstellar works. Like, if you guys remember, there's a part in Interstellar where they, they land on that planet and... The whole idea is like 15 minutes on that planet is like 2 years.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean.
0: And so when they like and things go wrong and the guy comes up and it's been 20 years. So that kind of thing. That is one way to time time dilation is a way that's actually by science that is how time travel can be possible. And the only way to would go back in time is that would be going through a wormhole. And I mean, we don't even know that wormholes exist. And so, a wormhole is two points in space that are connected by like
1: a tunnel. Like, what's a like? A, what's a good way to explain like how? Well, they always say like if you t- take a piece of paper, fold it in half, and stick a pencil through it.
2: Ooh, and then, that's right. So you're
1: you know the the entry point and the exit point they're far away when the paper is unfolded but when the paper's folded it's kind of like like that with the space-time continuum that's how the wormhole theory I guess I, I could be wrong but I think I heard it explained that way in a movie once okay I think that's a good way to put it so yeah I mean I think that well I figured you'd think by now we would have seen somebody from the future if it if it was possible oh, Well,
3: Wendy, Oh my oh, gosh You
2: okay. just let us down Another corridor <laughs> And that, gonna, I'm just we're, saying and We're going to have to well, Save that for another time Aren't we Mike but just <laughs> no, let's going just, Around and around Let's wrong.
0: finish it up Real quick and talk yes. A little bit about Evidence of time travel I mean oh, first of
1: all man. I mean I'm
2: going
0: to go See the Terminator This weekend no matter what Like so it okay. doesn't matter I'm going to go see it And uh, we Whether can have it time
2: as- travel Is empirically true Or AI
0: Right Whether you the AI care. gets us Or we can actually Travel through time <laughs> I will definitely be going to see Terminator because it's nice
3: to see more cyber organetics guys like me in the theater for one last time because I'm almost 70 years old.
2: Okay, so my favorite in the whole uh, evidence of time travel are all these pictures of stars like Alec Baldwin and Keanu Reeves and uh, uh, John Travolta and most famously Nicolas Cage from the past. Have you? Are you familiar with those, Wendy? Oh,
1: from the No, I don't think so. Oh
2: my gosh, you gotta totally Google it because it's it's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's so much fun. It's, it's like it's, doppelgangers.
0: Right. It's like doppelgangers from the past. So you <gasps>
2: oh,
1: ha- I you- have seen that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, you have like Civil
1: War pictures of people.
0: So, and that is like creepy. They look like modern celebrities, and the Nicolas Cage one is—I mean, it's probably Re- Nicolas Cage.
2: It, it really looks it like Nicolas is. Cage. It's gotta and be a
1: Photoshop job.
2: The the other thing about Nicolas Cage is, you know, it, it it this the photo from around the Civil War era that popped up in 2011 was enough to have people accuse him of being a mortal vampire that <laughs> that he he lets himself <laughs> age to a certain point and then awesome. dies. Question mark, right. and then um, rejuvenates himself um, in another part of the world. Okay, so that was cool. But then there's actually um, uh, the 19th century Mexican Emperor Maximilian the First. For some reason, looks just like Nicolas Cage. Just saying. <laughs> so I Kinda mean, weird. there's a famous
0: character named Count St. Germain that they say is an immortal. Oh my forever. gosh,
2: you think Nick Cage is Count St. Germain?
0: I think, I think Nicholas Cage is Count St. Germain. And so our the
2: last example... The philosopher's
0: stone. <laughs> and we'll do a whole episode on Count St. Germain. Probably we'll connect it to... Um, we'll connect it to Dorian Gray. But the, the last thing of evidence of uh, time traveling is that there's a couple of... like there's a, there's a Charlie Chaplin movie where it looks like a guy is walking down the street in a cell phone...
2: Yeah, there's a couple of those instances where um, cell phones seem to be evident.
0: Yeah, there's a guy that looks like a 19, like they call it
1: the 1941 hipster, the time traveling hipster. That's right. And we'll put those stuff. It's funny because like if you were a time traveler, you're not going to try to be discreet about your (laughs) future device. You're just going to like walk down the street and call somebody on it. I mean, right. It's, it's like that's a very irresponsible time traveler.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think he's not you know, just stepping on butterflies. I think
0: right, right, I think, it's, I think exactly. it's a time traveler that's thinking about like he just wants to look good when he goes through the wormhole.
2: And, and so, he doesn't?
0: And, and speaking of wormholes, uh, this week's <laughs> song, we're going to reach back to, because this is our, our time travel related song. And, oh, we, yes, yes. and we didn't talk about Star Trek 4 Where they go back in time in this episode And that, the song is based on something they do In, in Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home Where they go back to save the whales um, In Star Trek 4
2: Love that, love a- that movie I know,
0: I love that movie too There's actually an ontological paradox in Star Trek 4 uh, Where Scotty creates a certain kind of glass That isn't invented until 100 years later mm. um, So it's got its own ontological paradox Much like The Terminator But this is our song about the futility of going back and trying to change time, and it's called The Slingshot Effect. that keeps the beat won't let me rest the clock that's running out and sometimes it can get warm To today's
1: episode. You can find us online at OtherSidePodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.
3: Right, I put baby oil all of my chest. And then I went back to the past. And then I'm like, look, I'm even sexy in your future.
2: Oh my brain! Oh it hurts! It hurts.
0: That's nasty. It's an ontological paradox.